Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Paisley Schultes had not been seen alive since she disappeared from the home of her legal guardians in July of 2019. It was suspected that she had been taken by her non-custodial bio-parents, Kim Cooper and Kirk Schultes. Nearly three years later, on Valentine's Day, the police found her in Kirk's dad's home. Kim was there, Kirk was there, and there was a little tiny room under the stairs that had been fashioned to hide Paisley. She has now been returned to her legal guardians, and the parents have been charged. Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my co-host, sister and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I have some new plans I'm excited about. I'll be sharing later. It's not time. (laughs) It's coming. How's that for a teaser? Yeah, (laughs) I I do. I have some exciting new things I'm doing. Well, very good. Yeah. Love to hear it. Well, good. Well, we are excited to bring forward our Wednesday case, our Wednesday episode. Seems like this week has just been a whirlwind. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind in the crime world. Holy moly. Oh, we have Result. so much stuff for case updates and it's crazy stuff. Like mm-hmm. finally resolved after many years stuff. It's mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, so case updates tonight, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's our live stream. You can find it on YouTube or on Facebook under True Crime Paranormal. Yeah, we have so much happening. And of course, if you listen to all of our stuff on the podcast, we post that later in the evening after we've gone live with it. So one way or another, you'll hear all of the deets. There's a lot happening. There really Um, is. It's yeah, historic stuff is happening right now, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. Big stuff, some serious WTF stuff. We'll talk about all of it. Holy moly. But before we do that, we've got to get through today's episode because there's big stuff happening here too. Yeah. So Christy, I'm going to turn the mic over to you for a DNA for the win case. Yes. So we always like DNA for the win cases, right? Because they really help us to see that there are good things happening in the world. And that's one of the reasons I like them. This is the case of Maurice Chivarella or Chivarella. This is a cold case out of Pennsylvania. This is a 20-year-old case. I'm going to show you a picture of Maurice. 
Maurice was nine. Uh, One day left for school. Didn't get there. Disappeared. Uh, The next day, her body was found by a man teaching his son to drive. And found her body. And she had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Oh. And her case just was cold from day one. There was just nothing. They could not... They just didn't have any any opportunity at all for her. And that, you know, of course the community felt terrible about it. And, you know, nobody wanted this case to go uh, cold. But it did quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. I wanted to tell you. So the police had a young man assist them. Who, oh, I'm sorry. This is not a 20-year-old case. It's a 58-year-old case. I'm I was going to say, that picture just didn't look it's 20 a, years old. It's a 58. No, it's a 58-year-old case. A 20-year-old um, student is actually who cracked this case. Ah, That's okay. where I got that. My apologies. I uh, got paywalled on an article I had that was giving me the rest of my information, which is really annoying. Oh. Uh, but now I have some other information. So there was DNA left on her jacket. So this was March 18th of 1964. Yes. The tech who solved it is 20. The case is 58. There we go. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's see. So she was just a quiet sweet little girl is how her siblings uh, describe her. She played the organ. Oh, Um, you know, just good kid doing her thing, you know, and she was so cute and sweet. She was. Yeah. So the case was cold until 2007. And that's when there was the DNA lab at the state level. Um, they were able to develop the DNA profile mm-hmm. based on what was on her jacket, but they were hoping to get matches. They didn't get any matches. Mm-hmm. Police have literally been checking the database monthly. Wow. Ever since trying Impressive. to solve this case. Right? So uh, in 2019, Parabon Nanolabs... Um, uploaded the DNA so to the genealogical database. Mm-hmm. And that's when they got their first maybe hit, but this was a sixth cousin. So that was a little mm-hmm. too far out. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting closer, obviously. Yeah. Um, so genealogist Eric Schubert, who's only 18 at the time that he offered his services, 20 at the time that he solved this, had offered his help to the police that he could trace family trees Mm -hmm. to find matches. And so he's been doing that for the last couple of years to help solve Mm -hmm. cold cases, basically doing the genealogical work. Yeah. I think it was really cool, you know? Yeah. Very cool. So so, um, they did finally determine that, uh, Sorry, why is this only giving his last name? 
Well, Forte is the man's last name. I had his whole name on my other article. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Yes. However, he's dead. And that this is the part that's hard. Mm. Is that when they find the person who did this and they've already passed, that was difficult. Um, but at least they do know. He was Had only- he committed he- other crimes? He... We don't know yet. At this point yet. We know he's a match in this case. Mm-hmm. But he's not a match in any other cases so far. Okay. He was 22 at the time of the crime. He died in 1980. Oh, wow. A heart attack. So he died young. Wow, he did. Yeah. Well. But, you know. There was so much bad in him. Yeah. That's ridiculous to say. Lots of good people die young, too. But Definitely. in his case, good riddance. Oh, boy. Good riddance. But at least we have a solution. And I thought it was cool that that uh, young man who's, mm-hmm. you know, been way into genealogy and knows how to trace family trees offered to help the police. Yeah. I just thought that was a very cool part of this story. So Yes, it is. There very you cool. go. Okay. DNA for the win. We love it. Yeah. So I'm going to kick it back to you for the main case. Okay. All righty. Well, the main case tonight is something, some news that has been breaking uh, today. This actually happened yesterday, but this is the case of Paisley Schultes. Paisley Schultes was four years old and had been taken from the custody, removed from the custody of her parents in July of 2019, along with her older sister. And they were living with a new legal guardian. And we don't know for sure why she was removed from the custody of her parents. What we do know is that there had been some criminal activity going on with mom and dad. And so uh, there's this very preliminary. And because, you know, she's a minor, there's some things we may not ever know. But what we know Mm -hmm. for sure is that there is an older sister And we know that there is a legal guardian who still has the older sister. And we know that there is some criminal history. Uh, And in fact, there was actually a warrant for mom's arrest. And so she was arrested uh, on other things when this all went down that I'm going to tell you all about. Mm -hmm. I was going to show you here. We know that uh, earlier that year, in April of that year, Dad was involved in a big drug bust that Mm. took down a huge list of people that he was a part of uh, and was charged with some methamphetamine crimes. So there was obviously some stuff going on here, you know, in in this family's lives. Uh, But at any rate, so we also know that in July, the... uh, custody was severed from the parents or removed from the parents and and they were the children were given a legal guardian okay well uh not long after that paisley disappeared Mm. and the belief was that they had taken her mom and dad and and in fact the belief like did the police like yeah go looking Mm -hmm. they yep the uh, missing child report from the New York person or New York uh, 
State Missing Persons Clearinghouse, as well as on the uh, Center for Missing and Exploited Children, all said that she had been last seen with Kimberly Cooper and Kirk Schultes, who are her biological parents. Wow. They believed she was somewhere in the Sigurdis area, mm. um, which was about 130 miles away from where she disappeared from. But that's where Kirk lived with his dad, whose name is also Kirk, actually. Mm -hmm. So the police had actually been to that house a few times. And so here's a few things to know. So Kirk was living there with his dad. The police had been back to that house several times uh, and looked around. And Kirk and his dad would always let them in. Come in, look around. Kirk always told the police that Kimberly had fled with uh, Paisley and he thought she went to Pennsylvania. That was the going story, but mm -hmm. they couldn't ever match that up. And they have been trying to find her ever since. But again, they haven't seen Kimberly. And every time they have been back to Kirk's house, they look around and they don't see anything. They, there's just no Paisley. What the hell? Now, has this been uh, looked at aggressively enough? Well, probably not. Probably not. Right. But the police got a hit. They got a tip a few days ago that uh, Paisley really is living in the house, and as well as Kimberly, and that there is a hidden room in the house that they are hiding her in. So that's what the police were told. Oh, my God. So... Back they went this time with a warrant and started looking and searching all the way through the house. And an officer in searching up the stairs, he thought something was kind of weird about the stairs. So he started, started shining his light around the stairs and he realized that he could see through the boards of the stairs a blanket, which he thought was weird. Mm -hmm. So he used a tool and removed some of uh, the boards and removing some step boards. Suddenly he could see some tiny feet. So oh, he removed more boards and more boards and pretty soon uncovered our little one, Paisley, as well as her mother hiding in that room. Oh, my God. This is what it looked like. He said, uh, it was filthy. It was full of dirty blankets that were wet. Oh, no. Now, they're not saying that they think that Paisley was living under the stairs full time. They right. believe that this was a stash for her. To, they would mm -hmm. hide her if the authorities or anybody or anyone else probably, you know, came to their house. Right. But it's hard to look at that. And not wonder how much time did this little girl spend in that space. Right. Because there's Very quite a bit of stuff in there. There's blankets. There's toys. You know, it's concerning. And it's gross. Super gross. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So they arrest 
Kirk Jr. and Kirk Sr. and Kimberly. And they all have a handful of charges. Now, they took her, they took Paisley to, well, they were headed to the hospital with her. And she noticed a McDonald's and said that she hadn't had McDonald's in a really long time. So guess who got a Happy Meal? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They went to McDonald's and got her a Happy Meal. She's six now. She was four when she disappeared. Uh, at any rate, uh, then they took her to the hospital where they determined that she is healthy and, and, and good. And so then they returned her to the care of the guardian, the legal mm -hmm. guardian, and, and back to her sister. Because her older sister has been with the legal guardian all this time. Wow. So what in the why? Hell? Why did they take her and left the older sister? I don't know. Right? Yeah. So they haven't charged them with kidnapping. Uh, they charged them both with, or all three of them with a few things. Kimberly already had a warrant for her arrest, and so she is being held. Uh, the other two, uh, Kirk Schultes Jr. and Sr., were both uh, just charged and released. Wow. But they said that it's possible that more charges are coming. So, you know, there's a lot that we don't know about this case so far. But what we do know is that this is one of those times that a case actually gets solved and a missing child actually gets found. And we yeah. have reported on so many missing four-year-olds lately that I just can't even get my head around it. It's crazy. Also, they all have these kind of similar names. Right. Paisley, Serenity, Harmony. Right. You know. I know. And then we have Michael Vaughn from Idaho. Uh-huh. Michael Bartwell oh. and, and and Ariel Kalua. Yeah. They're yeah. all about the same age. All about what? the same age. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And of course in uh in Harmony and Serenity's cases, they are just missing children. Michael Vaughn is a missing child. Yeah. Uh, Ariel Kalua is considered a missing child, but uh, her bio or her adopted parents have been charged with murder. They believe that she's deceased. It's just such a rare... Well, and Cleo Smith, too, from Australia. Yes, I mean, Cleo all Smith. of them are about the same age. So Cleo was found safely, which was a miracle. And now mm -hmm. we have uh, Paisley that's found safely. And so, you know, I wanted to bring you guys this case because we report so much bad news. And it's nice occasionally to get to report some good news. That yeah. this, this time, it's a win. She's safe. She's okay. She's reunited with... I mean, is she okay? We don't know. We don't know. We we don't, of course. And what kind of trauma has she been through? I wonder how scary it is that every time someone comes to the house, you get whisked away under the stairs and hidden and probably told not to talk or make any noise or the bad guys will take you away. Yeah. Terrifying what she's been told. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fear in. Yeah. Not okay. No, no, not at all. So, I mean, clearly there's some custody issues here and some family court issues here that uh, her parents need to, you know, legally work through, not just steal right. her. I mean, if someone has legal guardianship of your child, you can't take them. Right. They have the legal right to make decisions for your child. 
There, there's safety. Obviously, there are safety issues here, or this wouldn't have happened in the first place. Entirely, entirely. People don't just lose custody of their kids for nothing. Well, and guardianship is guardianship makes me think that this was voluntary on the parents' part. This wasn't foster care. So my impression of that, just in general from the system, mm-hmm. would be that the parents signed their guardian guardianship over voluntarily. Mm-hmm. probably to keep them out of the foster care system. Probably. But it's no less serious. It's just right. if there's a family member or a friend or someone that the family, that the parents are willing, mm-hmm. you know, to give guardianship to because the situation isn't safe, then that keeps the family out of the system. And that's likely yeah. what happened here. But, I mean, if you sign guardianship over, you sign guardianship over. I mean, that's... Yeah. A judge has to undo that. Right, right. Yeah, it's a mess and it's sad. And, and, you know, part of the problem with this is that since uh, since Paisley has been hidden for the last two and a half years, she couldn't have been getting medical care. No. And she hasn't been in school. She hasn't been receiving any kind of normal life because she's been the the child hidden under the stairs. And yeah. again, we don't believe that she really was living under the stairs, but who knows how much time she has spent under there. It's a scary right. concept to think that that's how she was being kept. You know, it, it really mm. is pretty horrifying. So anyway, I'm sure there'll be lots more. We'll, we're just opening our investigation, of course, on this case, and we'll keep an eye on it and report anything else. Reading through old news stories about this when she first went missing there were some people in the comments really defending the parents and saying this was a ridiculous case of uh, that wasn't even investigated and the parents' rights were really violated and stuff. But you kind of, I, I just can't. Not with what we have seen lately with little kids disappearing. And no, I'm just not no. going there. I'm not either. And the, and the whole guardianship thing really makes me think. Right. Voluntary. Something was happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, they so, they gave the kids up voluntarily to someone mm-hmm. that they trusted, likely, and signed yeah. yeah, signed the guardianship forms themselves. Well, because obviously there were issues. We know that he had meth charges that year. Right. We don't know what else was happening. So right, there were clearly anyway. problems. Yep, yep. So, but anyhow, Paisley Schultz is found, and she is now safe and in the care of. A legal guardian and back with uh, her sister. So good for her on that too. And her yeah. poor sister who has also been through this. Yeah. This is very traumatizing. Little kids to think that they could be taken away mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there's just, Oh, the, the long-term ramifications are, are big. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of trauma here. So that is the main case. Well, I am going to throw the mic back to you for some paranormal news. Ooh, yes. Have you ever heard of Portlock, Alaska? No, I have not. Well, it is a really interesting and scary little place. It is on the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula. And there is a ghost town there, and it was called Portlock. Okay. There are only just a few, like, rotting buildings left there now. 
Um, people lived there right up until uh, in the 1950s. Oh. And they were mining. They had a cannery. They had their own post office. Like, it was a real, you know, yeah, for the time. Town. It yeah. was a functioning town. And then some real creepy stuff started happening. So most people, most people in Alaska or, you know, natives in Alaska, they won't even go to this place. Like they don't want anything to do with it at all. Starting in 1905, there were people who left their cannery jobs because there was something mysterious bothering the camp. Oh, um, they tried running the cannery the next year and more things were happening. And that's when things just started getting weirder and weirder. People started disappearing. Hunters and gold miners would disappear. In 1931, there was a guy just chopping wood and he was found murdered. He was hit with a single blow. And at the time, it was believed that the blow was stronger than what any human could possibly do. I don't know about that. But, you know, there was a lot of fear there because it was just like one hit and he was dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Another time, there was a group hunting a moose. And they found giant footprints that were also after the same moose. They said they were 18 inches long. Wow. And they found the site of... What appeared to be some kind of bloody battle with no moose to be seen. And the footprints headed off into the mountains. Wow. So things just started happening more and more frequently. One resident that lived there uh, said they saw a hairy man destroying fish wheels along the beach. So this resident went to get his gun and when he came back, the hairy man was just staring at him and he just walked away. And so these sightings just continued to happen. And then some bodies started turning up. Oh. And they were washing down from the river that was up higher in the mountains down into the lagoon there on the, on the shore where the people were living and working. Mm-hmm. They also had weird injuries that at the time they felt that they were injured, but they weren't injured like a bear would injure them. Like they were injured by a wild animal, but they couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And so in 1950, basically, the people just started leaving, just abandoning ship, basically. Wow. They left the cannery. They left everything. Um, the last person to leave was the postmaster and that was in 1950 so between 1950 and 1949 is when everybody left Mm -hmm. and they decided that this place was haunted and that they could never go back wow yeah so they would they were calling this half man half beast creature the natinok and that they were that they were talking about that they were seeing and, and what a lot of people attribute to this, this too, is that they were seeing a Bigfoot. Sure. In the 1970s, um, some fishermen had to take refuge there because of a storm and they saw um, a strange 
animal walking on two feet through their camp scared them to death and they left. Mm-hmm. And so there are still some investigations happening at Portlock. And there are even um, some of the original family members of the people that lived there trying mm-hmm. to go back to rebuild Portlock. And there's a there's actually a documentary uh, going on about it right now. But they are. Yeah, they're still finding. They're still having experiences there and finding mm-hmm. weird and creepy stuff. And so nobody wants to go back and live in Portlock. Wow. Here's a picture. This is what what the cannery and part of the town looked like. Okay. Back in the 40s, probably, or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is uh, believed to be haunted by some kind of very large half-man, half-beast walking on two legs. Probably wow. a Bigfoot. So, yeah. I want to go. I do not want to go. I think I'm going to take a, a hard pass on that. What? You don't want to go hunt a moose with that? Come on, <laughs> man. No, I do not. No, I do not. But yeah, there were a lot of murders, a lot of deaths unexplained. And the people just were like, peace out. Wow. That is so wild. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that. That's definitely some paranormal crime right there. Yeah. Well, guys, that is our Wednesday episode. We will be back tonight at 7 p.m., Four case updates, and we have got a pile of them, so can't wait to jump in. This week, you guys, is like historic. It's historic. You'll Mm -hmm. see why. But it is. Yes, it is. Lots of big stuff. So that's what's up. Like, comment, share, please. Uh, Let us know what you think. If you uh, have anything to say or add, or you know, if you ever lived in a. Port Lock, and you want to tell us all about it, or your great grandpappy <laughs> did? We want to know. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> or anything else we talked about today. Let's talk. Thanks so much, you guys, for being here. This is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, everybody. <laughs>